Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron of Biblical Archaeology Today. So grateful you're here with us. Now, I have been working at a frenetic pace on several different things, whether it's our local church, another church, Indiana Bible College, preaching out, uh, the YouTube channel, newlifeofalbany.com, and here at Biblical Archaeology Today. And I'm just going to tell you, the best I can tell, I have missed a study on weather in biblical festivals under the Archaeology in Israel series. I've been doing it at night for the last little bit. So um, we're going to look at it today. If for some reason this is a duplicate, well, reinforcement's the mother of learning. Repetition is mother of learning. So let's get started. We're on page 24 of the Wycliffe Dictionary of Biblical Archaeology by Pfeiffer. Wonderful book. It's going to read a little bit in here about this festivals and the weather, biblical festivals. Um, generally, the rainy season, again, thanks for being with us, and just go ahead and get started. The rainy season will begin along the Mediterranean coast shortly after the Feast of Tabernacles. See, I can't remember doing any of this. It would reach the hill country a little later. With the coming of rain, the crops would grow until the latter rains of April, which would make possible their final growth and ensure a good harvest. There was always the possibility of a poor year, however, so that the Israelite could not take it for granted that God would always bring an abundance of food to his people. This is where Jesus talked about the rich man making barns. Famines were frequent, and Israel was constantly reminded that God was directly related to the supply of food. The constant threat of famine was doubtless an important factor in the popularity of the Canaanite fertility cult during much of the pre-exilic period of Israel's history. Also, I'm thinking of the Lord's Prayer, give us as they are daily bread. We in America kind of take that prayer for granted. We don't need to. Baal was a fertility god, and the native Canaanites doubtless instructed their Israelite neighbors in the traditional means of securing adequate rain by the licentious Baal worship. Boy, I've been reading some things about Eleusian and Mystery religions in the Mediterranean re uh, region. Just terrible. I may do some podcasts on that. I've probably mentioned it before. but uh, <coughs> Prophets and psalmists of Israel insisted that it was Yahweh, God of Israel, not Baal, who rode upon the clouds and controlled the rains and winds. They found all kind of little Baal statues all over Israel, unfortunately, even in some Israelite houses. But you see that in the Old Testament as well, like Jehu having to drive it out, Ahab, Omri, Jezebel, introducing it heavily in Israel. The close of the agricultural year, Israel had a cluster of special observances. Associated with the Passover, commemorating the exodus from Egypt, was the Feast of First Fruits. The first of the grain was offered to God in thanksgiving. In Pauline theology, Christ is both the first fruits of the resurrection and the Passover lamb slain for his people. The first fruits were consecrated to the Lord and were ceremonially presented to him each year. Seven weeks later, in late May or early June, Israel observed the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, 50. This marked the end of the season for harvesting grain. Shortly after the Feast of Weeks, summer dry season set in, and the farmers' activities were curtailed. There are two major 
season in Palestine, the dry summer extending without interruption from mid-June to mid-September, and the rainy season, which extends intermittently throughout the remainder of the year. Actual cold of winter is limited, however, to a period of three months beginning about mid-December. Sounds like Georgia, South Georgia, where I'm at. Although rain never falls during the summer months, winds from the Mediterranean help to moderate the heat and bring dew along the coast on the western slope of the mountains. The morning dew is an important factor in maintaining agriculture. Without it, the growth of grapes during the summer drought would be impossible. Scripture mentions dew as an evidence of God's care for his people, Deuteronomy 33:28. The fact that it's quickly dissipated before the heat of the day makes it a fitting symbol of things transitory, Isaiah 13.3. I will mention two things there. If it did not, it actually acts as a magnifying glass. And this is part of the burning bush. People say that that is an actual thing without the Spirit of God and the power of God there. But uh, what Moses was looking at is why the bush was on fire and not consumed, that occasionally the dew would actually act as a magnifier for the sun's rays. So God bless you. Thanks for being with us. I don't think I've done that one before. If I have, God bless you anyhow. I don't know what to tell you. So we love you. Continue to join us. This is your first time. Hey, thanks. God's good. We just try to show things, all things biblical archaeology. And over the course of several hundred podcasts, I think you come to the conclusion the Bible is a reliable historical document. If it is, then the miraculous things that it says also should be considered reliable also. So we love you. God bless. Please leave a five-star review. Subscribe. Share with your friends and family and neighbors and Sunday school classes. And we'll talk with you later. Bye-bye.